We're in. We're ready to go. Good okay. morning, Good. Rebecca Elliott. Good morning to you, Kirsten Tyne. How are you? It's my favourite time of the week. It's podcast time. Yes, it is. I'm excited to be here. You're listening to Don't Laugh But with Rebecca Elliott and Kirsty Hudson, creating their own unique twatmosphere for your listening pleasure. You are the happiest person I've ever seen to come back from a smear yeah. test. I was a smear test yesterday. yesterday. You came in really jolly. It really pepped you up. Yeah, I did. I had a really good experience in my smear test. You had a wonderful smear test. I, know. <laughs> I just went because I, I saw Nurse Lisa, right? And mm. Nurse Lisa is so good at her job. Yeah. Right? Nurse Lisa put me to ease. I wasn't even that nervous. I don't, it's not so, I just, what she said, what I was wondering, because I think it was like, why do people find it hard to go for smear tests? Why as women do we find this hard? Yeah. And I totally, Lisa, Nurse Lisa explained to me, you know, some people have trauma, you know, if yeah, you've had yeah, a thing yeah. down there, yeah. well, I've been lucky enough not to have it. <laughs> <laughs> you've I was going to say, I've never had things down there. Then yeah. that makes me sound weird. Yeah. What I mean is, you know, no illnesses. So uh, all I'm saying is that if you get a really good nurse doing your smear test. L- no, like Nurse Lisa. Like Nurse Lisa. Mm-hmm. Because I'll tell you what she did as well. We had a nurse watching her do me, you know. So basically, I was training this nurse. So you? Yeah. Wow. With my... Bit. I did offer to come with you. Yeah, you did. You offered it. Then I said, well, why don't you just do it for me? I said, the friends who smear together, stay together. <laughs> no? She did say that she has people who do want to bring them in to hold the hand. Yeah, no, of course. But I just think, I'm just really thankful that I could go do it for a start. Right. That we've got these tests that might prevent me from dying from something I don't want to die from. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just think I felt quite lucky to have that experience. Yeah. And it was, and all you got to do is learn the table. And you know what? I, what I'm wondering what you have to do though. Which people I, know what to do. Yeah, but I don't do, describe it anymore. No, I have to put my hands under my bum. Oh. I've got a, a weird cervix, apparently. They ask you to do that? Or you just feel like <laughs> doing that? <laughs> <laughs> she said just so we can get the right angle can oh, you really? do this because oh, i've got yeah but that makes me special i oh, see now i've got that image in my head <laughs> no I, I think i did they give you the the little blue the blue bit of um, paper, paper? <laughs> like that's gonna give you some modesty yeah you've got your knees up in the yes. air your yeah. bits out yeah. but it's okay because you've got a bit of sugar paper I'm covered over your crotch yeah so it's fine but i did have it on there and then I, when she went out I think i've laid there too long <laughs> you like up a bag yeah <laughs> like where, how long do you lay there for yeah without... and also with you i'm now worried about how much did you look like you're enjoying it <laughs> that's, that's my concern my mother's gonna listen to this that's awful yeah no yeah everyone should go get smear tests <coughs> just go get them do it people yeah. do it and enjoy i mean only, only when you're due for one though <laughs> don't just rock up every week kirsty said i should <laughs> More the merrier. Yeah, let's all just go. Let's, yeah. let's have parties. You know, they're Botox parties. Botox parties. Let's have smear test parties. Smear parties. We're just going to go behind a screen. Yeah. We're going to get a speckly mouth. Don't even get a screen. Oh. Come on. <laughs> okay. Anyway, that smear test covered. Welcome. Oh, the other thing I was thinking about. Yeah. I uh, switched on to the other day mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, CSI was mm-hmm. on. You know, CSI. Mm-hmm. You know, CSI. You know CSI? I've never seen an episode no, of CSI. but you know, you're aware of its existence. Because they've, like, they've got CSI, not just that they've got a whole CSI, then they've got like a CSI in Miami. Oh, yeah. Stop looking at me. If you want to bring the subject to me, you that's what you want me to expand Stop on Stop looking at you. Yeah, you looked at me. Where do you want me to look? You looked at me in a sighing. She's going to ravel on about this now. Yeah, that's how I look at you. CSI, right? <laughs> Everything they find on a body mm-hmm. in CSI is relevant, okay? And I was just thinking, if I suddenly died, it was murdered. Oh, no. 
they dig round my pockets and they'd be like if, if you were in CSI they would find like the name and number of probably the murderer they'd find a just a single hair on an otherwise pristine outfit that was of course the hair from the head of the murderer or something mm, like that mm-hmm. whereas if I dropped dead I mean my clothes are just covered in like hair and crap mm. so how would they discern what's relevant they'd empty my pockets and probably find an old tampon that's <laughs> come out of his packet and just I like know. a Lego head I know and a random waitrose receipt from about two years ago i know what like would, what would they make of that and the bruises are always relevant yeah there's always oh, got, she's got a small bruise there so that means she hit the table there when she was hit by on the head with mm, her mm, I've, mm. I, I don't even know where my bru- i've got no. a bruise on my stomach at the moment where the hell did that come I don't from know. who gets a bruise on their stomach who does that i don't remember hitting well, you anything do. i mean i'm thinking that with my water bottle right now like i died with this yes exactly <laughs> right with me your disgusting water bottle which has what is that it's is that chewing gum, gum, chewing gum adhered to the side with a little <laughs> that's also attracted to a lot of dirt <laughs> no i no i'll tell you what it is i chew chewing gum before i go on stage to wake my mouth up right because yeah. mm-hmm. my mouth gets tired so it needs waking up because <laughs> i use it a lot uh, i use you, it a you lot really, you really Hang do on. and uh, i use it a lot and I, so I was rushing to get onto the stage and I put in a bit of tissue. It was in my bag. I put my, my bottle in the bag. It came out of the tissue and stuck onto my water bottle. Oh, I said, it would be the dullest episode of CSI ever when they come to that explanation. Do you know what? She had a gig. She had to wake her mouth up. Then she put it in her bag. <laughs> and that leads us to the conclusion. She was a twat. Deserved to die. <laughs> So we're supposed to be talking about death. Yeah. The cheery subject. Yeah. Uh, so obviously we've both had experience of death. We have. Your dad died. My dad died when I was 12 and he was 37. He yeah. was young. Very young. Yeah, he died suddenly too, which is a bit of a bugger. And now you are going to well, out-trump me on the whole death I was going to say, I do death top-trumps you because my daughter died. Yeah. So do you know what I mean? I know. So yeah, you do out-trump me with your daughter dying. Cause... I, yeah, a little bit. You know, Quite a lot, I mean, if someone went, oh, who do you feel more sorry for? Someone whose dad died or someone whose daughter died. Yeah. Like, you get a point. But then can you compare death, really? It's all just shit. It is shit. And it, it all affects people in totally different ways. It does. I was going to ask you about laughter and joking around death. Yes. When your dad was dying. Mm. Were you the kind of family that would still make jokes? Yes. Did you feel very guilty much... about it? No guilt. And my mum's a nurse as well, so she had quite a dark sense of humour anyway. Right. So I, I think it's... Because people say that you kind of, oh, if you, you use humour as a defence mechanism. Mm-hmm. And I think there's, that's just so much crap. Right. I think that humour is the way to get through life. Yeah. I think it's, you, it's absolutely, it's a tool to oh, get through so healing moments and yeah. crap. And literally, the day Clemmie died, which was obviously horrific... And my, my brother and my sister-in-law, who I love very much, were happened to be, they live in Paraguay, they happened to be here, which was amazing in itself because they're never in the country. They happened to be in the country. So they, they came to the hospital and, and Clemmie was lying there and she'd gone and, and it was all horrible and obviously we're all distraught, obviously, while she's lying there. And, uh, and it was December and Clemmie had had her Christmas play due which was it's always amazing at her because obviously she went to a special needs school mm-hmm. Christmas play was always just a joy she but anyway she'd had it that day and she'd had to wear some stupid costume for it and uh, but my my sister-in-law Marion just kind of uh, leaned over Clemmie and obviously wiped away tears and just went man she really didn't want to do her school play did she <laughs> <laughs> And, and the thing is that I, I think a lot of people would have thought, inappropriate, oh, yeah. but I just needed that 
to break oh. that tension. Yeah. Just laughing through tears in mm-hmm. moments like that is precisely what you want and oh, kind of absolutely. brings you all closer. All the people who are standing around her body at that time, it just kind of... I, I don't think humour's ever inappropriate. No, and I think it's really crazy to defend Defending against what? Yeah. Like, defending against this horrendous pain that I'm feeling. Actually, it's right. like crazy. You know, it's like it's cathartic and it is uniting. And it makes... Death makes absolutely no sense. No. Like, how can... What? One minute you're here and then you're not Just here? Gone. yeah. And what does that mean? And, like, it makes no sense at all. Like, like, do, where's my dad's all his thoughts and his dreams and his plans and his ideas? Exactly. All, where do they all exactly. go? It's this because I think, like, in everyone's. This is going to sound out there. I'm going to go over there anyway. In everyone's brain, in everyone's head, rather rather than brain, mm-hmm. mind. Who use the word mind? Mind. In everyone's mind is like a whole world because that particular perspective of life, you know, your particular perspective of life. I will never come close to experiencing. Mm-hmm. So when that dies, it's like a whole world dying. All their experience, mm. all their experience of the world, it's just just gone. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if there's not a life after death, then that's just pretty. That's kind of weird. Appalling. And there is a thought of a school of thought that suggests that the world that the world isn't real anyway. That it is only what we project out onto it. There is. A whole kind of philosophy behind that. There is. I can see you there. just rolling your eyes no, at that. No, I'm enjoying it. And Carry on. So I think, but I think it isn't a far step to go to from what you're saying. Do about you think we're all in the Matrix? I think if I'd seen the Matrix, I'd say yes, but I, I haven't. Have not seen the Matrix. Because I haven't Good. seen it. God. Because I don't. I like Keanu Reeves as well, so I'm not sure. He never ages, you know, does he? No. Like, he's had loads of tragedy in his life. He has. He had a child die, yeah. I believe, didn't he? I don't know. I, I don't just know. know he's loads of, I just know he's had loads of tragedy. It just makes me fancy him a little bit more. Does but, it? Oh, he's dealt with a lot. Oh, yeah, I like, yeah. yeah, yeah like, blokes, if blokes have death in their life, I think they become more attractive because uh-huh. we think, oh, he's sensitive. You know, yeah. he's had to deal with a lot. Uh-huh. I think when women have, have had people die, uh-huh. I think it's more likely the blokes just give them if she's needy. Yeah. Baggage. <laughs> yeah. You're listening to Don't Laugh But. Two women talking with enthusiasm about what they reckon, as if it in some way matters. Right, so today we're talking about movies. We're at the movies. Already I'm concerned because I just know that most of this conversation is going to be me going, what's that person's name? What's that film called? Mm Because I don't remember. I don't remember director's names. I don't remember actors' names. Mm -hmm. So it might be fun, is all I'm saying. Just, it might be frustrating. If someone asks me, what's your favourite film? Mm -hmm. I tend to say Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Right. Which is is up there. Yes. But actually, it's Dirty Dancing. Is your top favourite film ever? Yeah. I have a favourite film like that. Mine is Grease. I love that film. And I acted that out with some friends of mine when I was living in Holland. Okay. And they'd come over and we would act it out. And I always played Kaniki and Danny. Really? You didn't want to play the main character? Was it Sandy? Danny is the main character. Then I would become... Yeah, but the main female character. No, because Kaniki and Danny are much more interesting. Like Danny well, that's true. But is isn't really... that often the way in Danny's films? Interesting. The male but... character's a bit more interesting. Well, yeah. That's it's... part of the problem. Well, I think that's it. I think that is changing... 
more and more now. I think it is changing, but now we get that kind of, oh, it's got a strong female lead character. I know. Like, like all females are strong. What do you mean by strong? I know. Like, they, I know it's not a movie. They talked about that a lot in Killing Eve. Like, it's a strong okay. female. Have you seen yeah, Killing Eve? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love Killing Eve. It, you know how it's a strong female And then they'll, they'll ask the actress, how does it feel to play a strong female character? But I you wouldn't ask a male actor that. No. About any character. Because what is a strong? It's just a female character. It's just a woman. You're saying that normally women are pathetic? I know. But this is, you know, out of of the ordinary because this is a strong one. I know. Shawshank Redemption. Now, isn't that just everyone's favourite film? But it's boring to say that because it's everyone's favourite film. It is. It's a hard film to watch. I know, but you know, like, Morgan Freeman... When he gets out out of that tunnel. Yeah. that's That's a good moment. There's something about Morgan Freeman that you can listen to and watch and enjoy. You know, like... I knew Andy was a good man. Was that... Was that... (laughs) Was that good? That was... Did you think? Did you think he was in the room? <laughs> I don't know where I thought I was, but I just had to compose myself. Uh, after that. Yeah, rather disturbing moment. That was impressive. I that was incredibly impressive. You. I just, mm-hmm. you know, if Morgan Freeman, I am known for my. If he did do those things to women that we think he did, now we know that you can just do that voice. Oh, yeah. I hope he didn't. Oh yeah, I, I kind of forgot about that for a moment. I know. So, well, because Thing is a fantastic actor, it was just your voice and he's obviously a complete sex pest bastard. Who? You know, um, <laughs> the guy, the guy from House of Cards. Come on, Kevin Spacey. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, but what a tremendous actor. Exactly. Is but it? now you think he did those sinister roles so well because he's actually sinister. Oh, I don't want so to. So that's kind of ruined all those films. What about the one way? Play- What's that? Uh, Kaiser Soze at the end. Yeah. Like that. What is that film? The un... (laughs) I'm not that touchables. No. (laughs) He did touch a few. He... Yeah. Yeah, it's got him in it. (laughs) Welcome to Movie Talk with Dementia. (laughs) (laughs) Three o'clock this morning, I went to the toilet, and there was this... Think it's a magpie, mm-hmm. and it sounds like about forty-seven T Rexes just outside oh, my bathroom. That'd be a window. crow, would it? Yeah, it'd be a crow, mate. <laughs> anyway, I just had to check. I had to look out the window to make sure someone wasn't being murdered on my street. Really, you couldn't tell that it was a bird screeching. It took, it took a while. It was three o'clock in the morning, and I needed a wee. Come you on. genuinely thought that someone being murdered would sound like? <laughs> Come on, did it sound like that? Was that freakishly accurate? Because I'm going to be honest, it was actually me. <laughs> yeah. Imagine you with a loud inhaler. <laughs> also, I love the fact that you just said a loud inhaler. <laughs> oh, that's the unfortunate kid at school. Not only have they got asthma, they've got a loud inhaler. <laughs> If you've enjoyed this week's Don't Laugh But and you'd like to hear more, then maybe start questioning your life decisions. Okay. Uh, have a lovely week. Lots of love. Love, love you. you. Bye. Bye.